We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022, the Players Championship DraftKings Millionaire Maker Picks and Preview, breaking down each of the ranges. Want to remind everyone out there to smash the like button for the episode. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network, because we have full Steam Players coverage coming at you the rest of the week. The research show is already out on the pod feed and the video network, so go check that out after you watch this. If you haven't already, in the comment section, please leave me your favorite $6,000 option on DraftKings this week for the Millionaire Maker. And I do want to let you know, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we will have full players content. Myself and Tyler Tambellini will be live on Wednesday, noon Eastern time, if you have any questions about your lineup construction. But I got some money to give away to all you good people out there. If you can't win it on DraftKings, you can at least get it from me, because I'm just like rich Uncle Penny Bags over here. I'm just giving it away. So here's what you do. If you subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Leave a five-star rating and a review with your Twitter handle or email in the address. You're in a draw for one of multiple $100 giveaways. Just PayPal that off right to you. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, five-star review. Then say something nice about the show, obviously, and then leave your Twitter handle or email, and then boom, you're in that draw. Tyler Tambellini is in studio with me. Ben Raza is on the screen. We've got the crew back together. I promise I will try not to yell at you too much, Tambo. Oh, it's okay if you do. I'm happy to be back with you. Happy to be back with Ben, the three musketeers back in the booth. And I've got my notes here now. You see the laptop in front of me. I've been lucky enough to be here in studio with you lately. It's great. Appreciate it. But that's the problem with lists. I'm a visual learner. Now, if you list anything, I'll have it right here in front of me, and I can bounce the thoughts back and forth what do you think is a better list raza do you think it is tambo not being able to list players or lucas putting at the arnold palmer invitational <laughs> yeah that is a that is a dangerous battle because lucas yesterday he put up a lot of points at api but he did not make the cut for us now i'm excited this is a great tournament we we're talking before the show 
strongest field big time money uh excited to hop on with you guys as always i have a newsletter post coming out every single day sunday through wednesday so please subscribe to the free mayo media newsletter it'll have tidbits it'll have giveaways it'll have everything compartmentalized into one place that's down in the description the pat mayo experience DraftKings listeners league is now available five thousand spots seventy five thousand dollars of rake free guaranteed money it is truly the best tournament on DraftKings. If we can fill this one quickly by, say, Wednesday afternoon, we're probably going to get 100 k guaranteed for the Masters. So let's fill that up as quickly as possible. Even crazy not to play in that league. So hit the description. You can find it down there. And FantasyNational.com, where I'm getting all of my stats from today. If you want to try it out, use the lineup generator. Use the simulator. Research your own stats. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo for 20% off. Tambo, you mentioned right before the show that... You like the Players' Championship. I don't. I hate this stupid tournament. I do horrible at it every single year. But you like these super strong fields. And obviously, you have cleaned up in these strong field events. Your partner at RunPureSports.com, Big T, won the million bucks at this tournament last year. So what do we do when we have all of the best players? I think that's what it comes down to. That's what the strategy lies within. Everyone hates it because it's hard to make the choices. We're going to talk through it here in a moment, go through tier by tier. There's some very strong tiers, one of the strongest fields in golf. But you have to take those stands. You have to start making some decisions. You and I talked about even last week for the Arnold Palmer. We made some decisions. Some worked out, some not so much, but that's how you got to do it. And if you do that here, you can get yourself in a pretty good position over the weekend. Like I said, Big T shipped the Millie last year by going with like Bryson and Justin Thomas when there was all those other names around them that people wanted to play. And sometimes that's all it takes. Ben, I feel like my six of six percentage at the Players' Championship might be 1% over the past six years. So you got a chance. I, it's funny. I, I'm, I'm with Tambo. I love the strong field. I love that you have to take some stands. You can build some wild teams. I just, I, I hate this course. Uh, it's great to watch. It's just so frustrating. I still, uh, I wake up, Russell Knox, 17. Like the, he's still trying to land that uh, from like five years ago. I still have those memories. It, it's, it's such a high variance course. So we have that to deal with, but I'm spot, I'm right in line with you guys. You can find some really talented guys at low ownership because there's just too many guys to play, and that forces people to make decisions. I like that type of build overall. Obviously, we're recording this before the conclusion of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, so the good people out there can ingest this in their earbuds or watch it on YouTube or watch it on Game Plus TV, wherever it might be. So I think that's going to really impact the ownership. For example, like if Rory ends up winning by six strokes, he's going to be the highest owned guy at the yeah. Players' Championship. If Vic ends up winning by six, he'll be the highest-owned guy at the Players' Championship. So when we speak about ownership percentages right now and trying to find the contrarian guys, I think the contrarian guys will remain the contrarian guys. But who ends up being the highest-owned, who really knows? Like, if Rom storms the course and on Sunday, and all of a sudden he's T3 at Bay Hill, everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, John Rom's fine. He had, like, a bad round. Don't worry about it. We'll go back to him here. So let's start with the $10,000-plus range. And you kind of hit on it, Tambo, that you really kind of have to make your choices here. Like, when you say that, and I'm someone who's going to play, like, 20 lineups into the Millionaire Maker, a lot of these guys just aren't going to make my player pool. And what we discussed before the show is, I think Colin Morikawa is going to win. Should I just use him in 100% of my lineups? Yeah, it's more aggressive than what I like to do, but I definitely like the stand. That's kind of to my to the original point we just talked about where you got to pick your guys. You're planting your flag and say, I'm going with Morikawa. I love Morikawa this week as well. I'll I'll spread it out a little bit more. I'm not going to play everybody up here, but the John Rahm situation is obviously the most interesting. I think if he storms the course, it changes it dramatically because it seems like, and never seems true, but seems like finally on Twitter and all the 
stuff we're getting out there, people might be done with him saying he just can't putt, he can't figure it out. I did hear a little rumor that he actually has another baby in the oven, another baby on the way, so maybe that's there. There's some weight jokes with the baby weight that he's carrying around, and that's why he can't putt, which is ridiculous. But I like where you're going with it. The other thing I'll say, just general strategy before we jump into the top, is with a field this strong, there actually is guys in the 6K range that you can play. This is not a U.S. Open where it's qualifiers and amateurs and guys down there that don't have it. These are top-tier pros when we get down there that you can make these lineups work by using these guys up there. So you'll have plenty of opportunity to get different if you did lock in Morikawa and get different elsewhere. The problem becomes, Ben, if I try to lock someone in to 100% of my lineups, we know what can happen at this course. I talked about it with John Rathouse on the preview show, who was caddy for Seamus Power at this course before during the Players' Championship, is that uh, just go back to the Paul Casey chalk here. I think he was like 33% or something, Ben, and he just put two in the water on 17, had no chance to make the cut. That was the end of him. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like something uh, that Paul Casey would do. It's just... You know, when you talk about aggressive stands and really strong fields, typically like at Augusta, I think you can lock button some guys because such a high percentage of the field make a cut. Even if your guy doesn't have it on Thursday or Friday, probably getting through. But here, all these guys in it, you know, if you look over course history, if you play this long enough, you're going to have some missed cuts in there. It's just unavoidable. It's just high variance golf. So I get it. I think it is a good idea to to isolate your guy and make a stand. But I, I personally like to have a couple additional outs uh, at a course like this, just because you could be wiped out immediately no matter who you choose. So the top of the pricing, Rom is the only one above $11,000. Rory is at 10.8. Morikawa is at 10.7. JT at 10.4. And then Hovland at 10.1. Like, that's a very good price for Hovland with the way that he's playing right now. I imagine that... You could even, as you mentioned, there's guys in the 6K you can most definitely play. He could be a second man in. Yeah. On a, like The Rory Vic lineups might be out in full force this week at, at Sawgrass. So I guess I like Morikawa way more than everyone else. Do you guys have a particular lean of who you want to go with? I can go. My, mine first is with you. I'm, I'm with you on Morikawa. The interesting part is that if I had got this pricing even before API, I wasn't interested in Rory and Vic. I liked Rom. I always like Morikawa. And of course, I like JT. I, I don't necessarily think he's going to repeat, but I want this type, type of game here. And I think they just have the all around the best approach, the best ball striking, all that, who I want. So hopefully Rory and Hovland can stay up top of the API this week. And maybe the ownership funnels there anyway, but results oriented aside, I was with you on Kawa. We talked last week about it and I'll still sprinkle. I'm, I'm more with Ben there where I would just sprinkle it. If I go 40% Morikawa, I can still get some shares of JT. And if I want to sprinkle ramen as well and get away with just using those three. For as random as this course seems to be, Ben, it is the very top end players. Generally speaking, obviously you're going to have your 700 to 1C. Woo! Kim's oh, come out of nowhere and end up winning, but it's usually one of the top guys. So do you think it's better off? Like if I want to go with Morikawa, am I okay with fading the rest of the 10Ks and maybe just load up on the nines? I mean, you can definitely do that, but you could, you also can make a stand on Morikawa and still get exposure to these guys within the lineup. Like, it's not going to be a hard build. Uh, I think we're all kind of saying this already, to to have Morikawa and JT together, to have Morikawa uh, and Hobler, or any of these guys. So I, I'm drawn particularly to, to Justin Thomas. Of course, he's the defending champ. Uh, I like where the game is at, the putter. Yeah, it's a little concerning, no doubt, but I, I think it'll be fine not playing here at API. I think that Rory and and Hovland probably going to be there at the end here, and that is going to steam their ownership. So if I had to rank them for me, it would be JT1, Rom 2, and then probably Rory 3. Oh, so you're not on Team Morikawa whatsoever. I'm not. uh, Again, these are all world-class players, but 
I don't know. I mean, Morikawa, I'm not saying he can't play in Florida. That, that would be ridiculous, but he hasn't done a ton down there. He just, you know, he doesn't seem to, hasn't played Valspar, hasn't played Honda, played here once, played API a couple of times. Bermuda, definitely not his preferred surface. His irons are best in the world, but, you know, I do worry a little about around the green and putting combinations with him. I do exactly the same thing. And that's the worry with Morikawa. The thing is, if he has that going, I just feel like he's the most likely guy to win. Like, even when he missed that putt on the 72nd hole at Riviera a few weeks ago to get into that playoff with Neiman, I thought he was going to make it. Like, he has, yeah. he just has killer, but like, he's not Tiger. No one is Tiger. But I feel like he's the closest thing to Sunday Tiger that we've seen. Like, when he starts coming, it's like, oh, no. Here he comes, like more account. Like we saw it at the Open Championship last year. It's like, oh, he's folding. He's folding. Oh, no, he just made a 13-footer for par. He's fine. For a guy who can't putt, he makes an incredible amount of like 15-foot par-saving putts. Even a concession last year in Florida when he won the WGC, it was exactly the same thing. Like if he has it going that week, like he might lose nine strokes putting. That's entirely on the table. But if he doesn't and he starts gaining, like he so rarely gains a stroke putting. It's like four. And then you get the immaculate ball striking along with it, or you get the immaculate ball striking and he can't chip or putt. Like, that that's the risk you have to take. But I think you can make that case for a lot of these guys. Like, Thomas is exactly the same way. Yeah, their, their mentality, that's what I was going to say. It's almost like the, the old school Mamba mentality, right, with Kobe, where you just come out crazy, you know, sort of FU mode, go out and get the job done. Like, Hovland does it, but he's, like, smiling. Well, he does it. That's what sort of leans me off him sometimes because he's a quiet killer or whatever you want to call him out there. But Morikawa, when he gets going, has it? Some will say you're paying a lot for the if he shows up because we know the answer with Morikawa. If he puts game over field because of his ball striking, you could say that about a lot of guys. We said it this past week with Willie Z. It gets said about JT. It gets said about certain guys. Rom, right now, if he could just putt, he would be there. So you could say it about everyone, but I'm with you, Pat. I like the cow. And like the open stands out to me. You mentioned it. Shows up at a course, never really done anything. Had some troubles the week before. Comes out and gets the job done. I, you know, not great here in the in the time he came out and played it, but I think it's totally different now and come out and get the job done. Yeah, even when you look at it last year, like he dropped like, I think it was a total of five strokes between chipping and putting. He was still one of the leaders in approach. He was one of the leaders in driving. Just yeah. do that again. Make a few putts. Chipping chip Eagle at Genesis looked pretty good there down the stretch, too. It's weird because some guys, Morikawa was one of them. Like, we even saw, like, he had the chip in to win at the PGA Championship uh, in San Francisco, like, two years ago. It's just like, oh, yeah, he sucks around the greens. But he's better on these tight surfaces, I find, when he ends up chipping. And that's what you see a lot at the Pete Dye courses, and that's what you see a lot specifically at this Pete Dye course, where you could putt from off the green if you really want to. That's what Webb Simpson did the year that he won, yeah. was just like, oh, yeah, I'm 10 feet off the green. Don't worry about it. I'll make it from where the rough should be, but isn't because it's a shaved green. So... I, I think everyone wants to hear this part of the show, Tambo. If you had to rank these five guys, one to five, in the order that you would want to play them, what is the order? Kawa, JT, Rom, and then it would actually be Hovland and Rory last. I'm not going to go with the course history or especially if you know, Hovland or Rory gets the job done here, but that's the order of the five. So I'm with you on that. I would go Morikawa, then Rom, then Hovland, JT, then Rory. It's just it's more of an ownership fade on Rory than anything. If Rory beats me, Rory beats me. I just know that he's going to be incredibly popular. The problem with Thomas, and this can be rectified, no problem, because we saw him do it here last year, is that out of these five guys, his driving can get bad. Yes. And if it's somewhat wayward, he's in the water. Like, I think he's the most likely to miss the cut out of all these guys, too. 
That's a good point. I know when we do the Wednesday show, we're going to dig in more. I'm going to look at those 2v2s that have worked out for us lately and <laughs> things like that. But you mentioned it there, you know, to miss the cut parlay. I'm sure we can get on some of those on Wednesday. He would be the first one I would chuck into that. But I do think, like, if he's on, like we got last year, and I just think that's going to carry over, man. I think he's going to find it. He's the type of guy that can go out and close it. And I like what Ben said. I love the, uh, the Kawa JT lineup. That's a pretty good lineup that I don't think as many will have. And you can definitely make it work. I can already see it. And, and that is the sort of the skill stack that you talk about too, Ben. Yeah, I mean, again, that's where it's like, okay, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to guys mask the mask, maybe some suspect putting with just hitting it super close uh, north double up of 10K. I like to do that as well. And we'll see again, some of the things that API will, will shape some of this Morikawa and JT, of course, are immune from that. So I, I do kind of like that. Nothing's going to happen to really change what goes on and it, it will be interesting to see how many people are looking to do it. And then there is the whole ROM situation. I think it is pretty important where he finishes uh, at API, not in terms of how much I want to play him, but just the narrative around him. I think it could go either way uh, where some of these other guys are solidified. I would prefer he tank and then I can use him next week. Me too. I don't want to see him come T3. Yeah. Oh, we'll see what he does today. But I, like you said, that's going to be the biggest factor. Last week, you and I were on the ownership show and doing the live chat and talking about some of the ownership, I should say. And it was Rory versus Rom. It came out in the $20, which this week there's a $25 millionaire maker on DraftKings where Rory was higher than Rom. But you flip over to the $555 buy-in, the higher stakes, and it was completely flipped. Everyone there went with Rom. Rory was 5% less than him. And next week we have the 22-22 mega millionaire maker. So that's where I think Rom will get ownership no matter what feels like the guys at the higher stakes want to play him either way and i just showed you uh one of these like four mans that i'm doing like a higher yeah. stakes four man and you kind of mentioned this as it pertains to all sports but like what the optimizer tells people and that's what a lot of the high stakes guys are doing they're just running the optimal lineup and they're running it out there and i was the only one who got six of six through because they all went with some version of a rom luke list lineup yeah seamus power was in a couple of those lineups as well do you think that's a smart way to do it? Like, even whether you want to use the optimizer or not want to use the optimizer, at least run the optimal lineups to see, at least you know where people are going to gravitate towards in like the $7,000 area or even at the top. Like if Rom is a substantially better play than Rory, which he was on paper this week, that people are just going to go with him either way. I agree 100%. You and I have talked a little bit about this, but I think it's the best way to do it. I think what ends up happening is too many people try and find, oh, I've got this diamond in the rough this week. I'm going to win a million dollars because I found him. And then Rom goes and misses the cut or has a bad <laughs> week. And because their gem made that work, it's better like you and I have been doing a couple weeks ago. Sungjae and Mito. We're like, they're okay. I get why they're chalk, but I can play Berger and Lowry at the same price. And, and one guy is less owned than the other guys combined, like type thing. Like that's where you want to be able to make your stands. And that's why it is important, I think, to look at the optimals, quote unquote optimals first, and then see what your pivots look like. That's what I'm going to do before we talk on Wednesday. Do you ever do anything like that, Ben? Yeah. So a lot of times, uh, and we get this question at Awesome a lot about like, you know, I'm, I'm in a small field tournament. How would you do it? And I always recommend build build a cash lineup first and then start changing it. If you really want to be different, go like 3v3. If you think you only need a small tweak, a 2v2. So I always, uh, I'm right in line with you guys. Understanding what's that kind of optimal build is really important. It doesn't mean you should just blindly play it depending on what tournament or, or contest you're in. But understanding it, I think, is a good building point no matter what you're in. And sometimes it just means identifying it and then dismantling it and building off of it. 
And we'll do that towards the end of the show with the play the best plays lineup. Oh, yes. Try to come up with, <laughs> although the play the best plays lineup has been absolutely raking in cash like the past month. I should <laughs> just be playing that lineup in high stakes. Yeah, I should remind everyone this week, six of six is like 40%. Yeah. So yeah, the chalk is smashing for whatever reason, but I don't think that'll be the case at the players. I really don't. So uh, Ben, have you ever heard of fanteam.com? I'm not sure. Tell me more. So fanteam.com has a brand new season-long fantasy golf game starting this week at the players. If you go deposit on the site right now using code MMN and enter this, I think it's 25 bucks for the season long, uh, you get, like they have DFS games as well. You get a free ticket into their big DFS game for the players as well. So, I mean, it's super easy to do. Just go down, just go deposit 25 bucks. Playing the season long contest, we get to pick 10, you get to draft a team of 10 guys in the salary cap, and then you get to use six of them every single week. Now, if you go three months from now and your team sucks, you have one option all year to blow your your team up and redraft it at some point it's all within the salary caps you're not actually drafting against other people i'm gonna go play in this i think it's gonna be a ton of fun it's just a different way to look at it plus fanteam.com also has like head-to-heads that you can like parlay together it has the dfs game this season-long contest is just it's a new spin uh, it's lower stakes but there is 25,000 euro yes. uh, in the prize pool 5,000 okay. euro to first place like you know, turn 25 into 5,000 euros. It's worth more than American dollars at the moment. So uh, I highly recommend everyone do it. You can hit the link down in the description, fanteam.com, code MMN. Play in that season-long players. Uh, it starts at the Players' Championship through the Wyndham. And then, boom, uh, you can play against me. I'm going to try to recruit you guys into it as well. Yeah, I want to get into it just because I've never won yeah. Euros before and I want to try and win some. So that's like a, a little notch on the belt to say you've picked up some of those. So I'm definitely going to sign up for it. They're a big European DFS site they're, in general. Yeah, they're the just biggest one in into Europe. the golf range. Yeah, this is awesome. So yeah. I'm definitely going to join you on that. And I mean, listen, you play in the DraftKings Listeners League, obviously, but for a season-long contest, I just think this is a new spin that we can put on things. And it's lower stakes that everyone can go play into it. But they're still, listen, 5,000 euro is, is no joke when yeah. it comes to winning. And it just gives, you, gives us something to talk about each week. You can play your guys like oh i need to play these six guys there's a captain spot for your team so fanteam.com code mmn for mayo media network uh, you can hit the link down in the description to do that 9k range on DraftKings. this is the range where if you want to get silly you can get silly at like five percent ownership no one will be playing dustin johnson at $9,800. No one, Ben, will be playing Bryson DeChambeau at $9,500. Those are the two that really leap off the page to me as the contrarian pivot plays here if you want to take them. Do you have any confidence in any of these guys? And even if you don't, will you play them anyway? I have no confidence in them, but I will try to get them into lineups because I think that's what we're talking about. You don't get many opportunities to get a reasonably priced top-end talent for low ownership. It just doesn't happen. Uh, now, there's a reason for that. Injuries, horrible form, a lot of risk. The miscut equity is gigantic. But if you're trying to beat 100,000 people to to win a million dollars, I think there's no doubting that this, the ceiling for these guys is still winning. There are certainly, I prefer, uh, Decky would be one and probably Cantlay ahead of them. But if I can get leverage with like 10 to 15 percent, 
I will absolutely try to splash some lineups with with the super aggressive 9K guys. Tambo, do you see those two guys being the guys no one wants? Oh, absolutely. It's like you said. I, I guess, you know, DJ always, for some reason, gets... It's almost like how we talked about Rom up top. So yeah, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get 9% by, yes. the, by the end of the week. And there's a little bit of history there that people will play. And it's DJ. He can just show up anywhere and get the job done. You want to play him, he's under 10K. But I lean with Ben. I, I'm completely on the Hideki side. I'm hoping for the opposite today and over the weekend of the Rory situation and Hovland situation where I want them to continue to go off. I want Decky to fail so that we can get him here. Don't forget, two years ago is when the whole thing started, got canceled, nine under in the first round. That poor soul on DraftKings that if, the, if round two had it just teed off, he could have got his million dollars. Unfortunately, it did not happen. So, was, you know, all nobody remembers that stuff, but Hideki looks pretty good here at that price point. Well, uh, I mean, Tim Andercast remembers. That was his one and done that week. So uh, blame this on Tim Andercast? Yes. All of it. Is what I'm saying. So the entire range is Cantley at 9-9, DJ Xander Hideki. Then you got Bryson, who is supposedly returning from injury, was going to play this week, said he was 90%, wanted to set it out so he could play at the Players' Championship. Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth. That's the entire range. I only have two guys. Like, if I had to rank them, do the rankings again, Tambo. Scotty Scheffler, number one. Cameron Smith, number two. Patrick Cantlay, number three. I think, objectively, those are the best three guys in this range. Glad you brought up Cameron Smith. That was the one I wanted to bring up because I think, you know, just going back, I'm sure we'll talk about $7,600 Webb Simpson here in a second, but you already brought him up earlier. The foreshadowing is that when he came out to this course and went off, it was basically Cam Smith's game. That's what he's doing now. It's the around the green. It's the putter. Has the full tee to green. Everyone sort of underrates him. Wouldn't expect it, but you could have lineups that have him in as your third guy in, or you could go completely contrarian, skip out on this stuff where everyone's using the guys at the top. Probably don't fully recommend that, but just saying, you could say, if he's my winner, let's see what I can jam in with him there and he'll be your first or second guy in in those builds but I think that's just a way of getting completely unique and off the board I like him I like your Scheffler call as well I think people just again price is there we're gonna talk Willie Z when we get to the 8k range these guys are just they can't get priced up enough but their results and everything speak for themselves and they have the actual upside to come through for you in some of those builds second guy third guy in do you think Xander gets overlooked Ben I mean, I feel like Xander never gets overlooked. He's another one. It's like, ah, oh, he won't be popular. 26%, just reasons unknown. Um, he's not really doing anything. You know, the narrative, of course, that he's on this, you know, he can't he can't win. Uh, he's just kind of sitting there. I do think that in this range, there's no one to me, unless I'm missing something, with Decky not doing much at API. Cantley didn't play. DJ's a mess. Bryson's a mess. There's no one in the nines that I think is going to, attract crazy ownership so i think for that reason xander uh and most of these guys will be moderately owned and at that type of expectation i'm, I'm fine with it not running to the window to play him but uh xander's a tricky one I, he's kind of in the middle of the pack for me could you start your teams with cantlay and that would be contrarian enough that you could eat as much shock as you wanted yeah so i think it, you know tambo just alluded to this uh I think obviously the lower you go, the more risk you incur. But if you get it right and the winner isn't one of the elite guys, you're going to have a ton of shares and your balance build, you know, the six of six equity is much higher. I'm okay starting in the nines. I think it's a little thin if you start with like chef. I mean, you really are going to need an off the wall winner or one of these guys to carry it. And even then uh, you have to hope these 10 K guys don't put up, you know, a top three, a top five. So not my preferred build. I think I will have some teams that start with Hideki specifically, though. I, I think I'll have a few teams that start with Cantley. I don't want to fade Cantley at this course. He's just playing too well. He crushes Pete Dye courses, and he's played well at this tournament in the past, too. 
Yeah, and he's just better. He's better than this range, I think. It's one you know, I brought up. Hideki is still my favorite. It's more price inclined. But going back to what you just said, I had it right here in the nose. Could start some balanced builds with Cantlay. And that, to me, is the same. Like, what's the difference between him and the guys above him? Not that much. He's literally the player of the year. Won the FedEx Cup. I think we talked last week, racked up $26 million. <laughs> last year, I know 15 was FedEx. But there's another $11 million. Some of it was PIP. Whatever. He's playing great. And at 9900 I feel more comfortable starting with him and then getting the Scheffler or the Cam Smith or something like that behind him. You have a really nice build there with two potential winners and guys down below that could shock and win as well. If you start your team, Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, Will Z, and Louie, you have $6,900 left over for two players, like each for two players. That's probably a bit much. Like you could probably drop Louie from that and use Adam Scott, get your average price up to like 70, to the Paul Casey range if you really wanted to, to 74, 7,300, Ben. But those type of lineups, I think, can work here. Like, you, basically, you, what your bet is that you're fading one of the elite winners. And there's not that much difference between Thomas and Hovland. And like you said, Cantlay. Or even I mean, Hideki has three wins in the past year. Right. He's won more than all these guys. <laughs> yeah. It's, yep. Yeah, I mean, again, no, no. I was just going to say, you can, you can definitely do that. I think where it gets a little tricky is if someone completely unknown wins, if a 7K guy wins it still might be possible that the 10K is where you wanted to land with them. Uh, so what you really need is like a blocker and the nines to destroy, and that thins the margins of how many people, uh, you know, if you get two guys in the nines that have monster performances, it's really hard to build that with Rom. And so you kind of box the guy like Rom out in that situation. And that's where the lineup construction is so important. It's funny that I mentioned Morikawa as my favorite play this week. And then the rest of the guys that we talked about, be it Justin Thomas or Scheffler or Cam Smith, all guys that get wild with the driver. Yeah. That, that's the one part of it I don't love. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more tricky. I think uh, you know, just in the lineup construction factor that Ben just mentioned, going back to that Kawa and JT, because like you just mentioned, some of these guys could have problems, but we can make a story for a lot of these 9K guys. Others will go to the DJs and the Bryson just because they're different, not in a high ownership level, but to say like, I, how can I get unique? Sometimes just skipping a range is the way I look at it. And if you go those two 10K guys, you're not getting a 9K guy. So you could naturally fall into it with similar guys down below, but a different construction up top where you avoid some of this possible trouble. How do you think that Dustin and Bryson are best deployed if you want to use Do you have a preference between either one of them? Because I think... Bryson might be slow rolling everyone here. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm going to get my arm twisted. He literally won Big T a million dollars last year. He's going to say go back to him. He does have the scoring ability. He's not horrible. His stats here for what he did play were okay. And like you said, what if he's sandbagging it a little? We all say that about Tiger right now. We know that you know, it was talked about last week. Tiger's going to wait probably till the open because it's a course he can walk. But he looks pretty good in everything he's been doing. What about Bryson? We're not really getting to see anything. And at 9,500, we just know he's going to be the lowest owned in this range. We talked about it. DJ will get some ownership still. Bryson will not. What do you think, Ben? Do you think it's better to use one of these guys as a second man in with a 10K guy or just lead off your teams with Bryson or Dustin? I'd probably be more prone to lead off my team with them just because to me, I'm, I'm trying to up the variance. Like I think the miscut equity is so high. You might as well just go for it. You're, you're picking them because you think there is a chance that they're just a low owned winner. Uh, and if they miss the cut, it doesn't matter if they're first, second, third, fourth, man, you know, you're, you're in big trouble. So, uh, I'll probably try to assume when I build those teams that they're going to carry the team. And when I do that, uh, I'd rather have them on top of my team than in the middle. Spieth? Spieth's not no. going to be owned. He's never really played all that outside of his first ever appearance at Sawgrass. He's been kind of brutal here. 
Too much driver talk that we've just had and then picturing Spieth going out there with the driver and hoping that it goes right. Not not for me, definitely not. There's other guys. I'll play Willie Z, which we'll talk about in a minute, well before I play Spieth here. All right, well, let's go to the eights then. Lead us off with Will Zalatoris, who you crushed me for betting this week at 33-1 to 1 at API. <sighs> Friday, I mean, listen, he might come back and win for all I know. I grabbed him at 200 to 1. Then I grabbed him again at 1,000 to 1. Why not? He was off to a hot start on <laughs> Saturday before we jumped on air either. But why do you like him now at 8,900 bucks? Well, for, for starters, the price is right. He's down here at 8,900. Last week, I know it was only 9,400, but totally different strength of field here. I think he's able to find his way up the board. He can be your third guy in. It just doesn't matter. Last week, people were starting lineups with him or using him as the second guy in. Second of all, my, my partner in crime, Kenny Kim, tried to dunk on me last night with the tweet that he put out of Will Zalatoris' first, last, sorry, last 50 starts with Hovland, Morikawa, and Scheffler, and the numbers do show up, and I didn't want to respond at one o'clock in the morning when I was scrolling it, but I did read it, appreciate the research, Kenny, and I just felt like saying, sounds like a great DraftKings play, because he has one thing, one thing he doesn't have that they do is the wins, right? It's just not that closer mentality that we talked about earlier with a guy like Morikawa. Zalatoris 8900, the stats line up, everything looks good here, we want a guy that's not going to get into too much trouble, the drive has still looked good, the mistakes have still been the same with the putter and if you can just figure it out at 8900 as your third guy into the lineup or who knows I think that's going to be okay here I got no problem going back to him at 8900 and it's funny Ben because it's not even really the putter it's the putter within like five feet of the cup yeah I don't know what that is uh there's certain guys like that where it's like oh they gained you know zero strokes putting it's like they missed seven five footers but they hit a couple 40 footers he's kind of got that um I don't mind the play at all, but for me, it is a pretty target-rich range right below him. So chairs are going to be important. I'm going to probably attack this range pretty heavily. I like a lot of these guys in the mid to upper eights. So this all all depend on your lineup construction. Obviously, I just talked about if you go low nines to start, you can jam in two of these guys if you really want to. If you use the 10K guys, you could use two of them if you only use one of the 9Ks or 10Ks and completely go over the 9Ks and like that build that you talked about, Tambo. But the entire range is Zalatoris, Berger, Louis, Brooks, Finau, Neiman. Ian Neiman's at 8,400. Sungjae, Scott, Billy Ho, and Shane Lowry, who's playing some good golf right now. Had a very good performance here a year ago as well. I think the burger's going to be the most popular. Yeah, he sets up perfectly for here. We're back on Bermuda. Hope we can figure out his putting troubles. He putted well at Honda until the final day, but basically dating back to the middle of last year, like he has some pretty brutal putting performances. It's been a little bit better so far in the calendar year, but overall hasn't been great. I like Brooks at 8,600 bucks. I thought you were going to say that, especially from the previous range when you brought up Bryson and DJ. You're always looking for the gem that's not going to be owned. And but, again, you're a major winner. Can, can, I, can I sell you on this for a second? Because are you in or out on Brooks? I'm going to bet Brooks, definitely. And I do kind of like the price. Uh, so the narrative around Brooks right now is that he sucks, right? Yeah. Can we all kind of agree on that? Yep. The ball striking was in tip-top form at the Honda. He ended up coming inside the top 15. He missed the cut at the Genesis. He was third in Phoenix. Why it's not he's playing a lot better than I think that people seem to think. I agree. I, I actually had it here. I do I do like him. I think again it's boom bust for sure, but there's the boom is real boom and at eighty six hundred, the price is ridiculous, especially considering, like you said, and I don't even know what you guys your, your thoughts were on Willie Z's ownership when we've got Louie, who we're gonna talk about, I'm guessing, with Ben here, of course. And then Daniel Berger, who you mentioned is definitely, in my opinion, gonna be the most popular in this range, probably for good reason. He's good, but now remember, he's back to the stronger field. And what I've always said about uh, Daniel Berger, it was last time out, didn't work out in the end, but back when he won ATT Pebble Beach 
teach Pro-Am, when he gets into those weaker fields, he crushes. When he comes here, he's probably like a 30th place. Is that good enough for you out of this range? I don't know, because one of these guys could obviously win the tournament. You mentioned Lowry at the bottom. Another guy I really like, playing some good golf, almost won just that last time out and played well here last year. Yeah, two top 10s for Daniel Berger in his past five start has made the cut each time. As long as the driving continues to keep up and he's going to drive it accurately, you know the irons are going to come along. It's can he putt that week, Ben, but... I have some bad news about Louie for you, Ben Raza. What happened? There was a certain person who has picked him to win this tournament. Uh-oh. Yeah, but so maybe, maybe because Louie never wins, it can like morph with the Ander Custa and uh, Ander Kirsten and combine into an actual win for our man, Louie. So the last time that Tim actually hit a winner was Rory at this event in 2018. Then Cus started calling himself the big game hunter and has yet to have a win in the past four years. So he's going with Louie here. So he does actually have a player's win uh, under his belt, albeit almost a half decade ago at this point. Do, are, do we think that Louie's going to be popular? Do, do we think he's not going to be? He had the most birdies at the Honda Classic. He just had a ton of bogeys. It seems like people have caught on to it a little bit, right? They they go to him now because of the price range or whatever. Or they say, oh, he's just so good for this field. Don't forget, he always comes second in majors and everything. But like you said, it will lean off. I think this range does become pretty balanced because we'll get to the bottom in a second. But there still is the Scots, the Horschels, the Lowrys that we just talked about. And then at the top, like we said, with Willie Z, Berger, and then Brooks. People are going to take chances on Brooks. He won't be high-owned, but it's like the DJ thing where he'll just get some because by the end of the week, I think it happened at Honda, where by the end of the week, people just convince themselves, like, oh, I just got to get a little bit of the action here same at waste management with brooks as well people go there so see what happens but i think he'll still get some ben do you think it's more logical as like the low owned high variance pivot play guy dustin bryson or take the savings to just play brooks oh i think well to me i actually put brooks in a different category like i think brooks's form is a lot better than those guys i would put finau as the savings <laughs> yolo play yeah but people are gonna use finau because his name is tony finau <laughs> Good. They should use him. Get rid of him. Because if people use him, those are shares that I can live with. If he now beats me, he beats me. Um, I, I Yeah, I, I'm not that worried about playing Brooks, to be honest. I think he's he's fine. You've got Louie, who's a random number generator. I'm not going to pretend to analyze him his form as long as he, you know, he's got the mattress and everything will be good to go. But uh, there's just a lot of shares. I mean, you, you don't have room for everyone. That's been the theme of this show. Even before the camera was rolling, we were talking about that someone is going to get squeezed in these ranges and, and maybe it will be a guy like uh brooks if that's the case uh, i will definitely get over on him then so back to your point tambo about really making a stand like you're going to be crossing off a ton of these guys i obviously you haven't made that decision yet but when it comes to the day and you submit your lineups there's going to be a lot of these guys not in it yeah uh, there's probably at least three I can count right now, and I haven't got there yet, but Finau, likely Louie, to be honest. I know what Louie does is all, but even at the Honda, it was all putter. That's what Louie does, but I'm saying, you know, the curse even adds to it. Go ahead with it, but uh, him, and then I don't I haven't decided on Sungjae yet. I was sort of banking on this week. The guys I kind of like, and I didn't talk about this off the top, but at the, the, these tournaments, the strength of field tournaments, I do look at the recent form because I don't think they're places to, places to get right, and I look at the long-term and talent-wise, Brooks, talent adam scott long-term talent uh, lowry same way like i want to play those guys and let everybody else play the flavors of the week and the tony finows that if they do this this can happen let's try and remove the ifs and buts and go with the other side and i'm going to play the more pronounced players and that's you know willie z the only one that i'll probably give a little bit of love to just because i like that you're on team will you've been bullied into team willie z I, ha I have a little bit i just think it's a better spot actually at the price point 
All right, so looking at it again, I put this, uh, this will be in the newsletter on Sunday evening. I talked about it on the research show, but if you haven't seen it yet, go tune into it after this and you'll hear it again. But bogey avoidance last year, like the top 50 in the past 50 rounds, bogey avoidance, when you looked at all the guys that came inside the top 10, there was like nine of them. And then there was like 16 guys who tied for top 10 when all was said and done. Uh, and Victor Perez really had no stats to, to speak of. He was another one who charged up the leaderboard last year. I think he made the cut on the number and ended up coming ninth or something crazy like that. He's not even in the field this time around. Just like uh, Roz's boy, Ricky. Can't lose money on Ricky this week, Ben. I know him and Vince Whaley are, are uh, they're waiting, hoping that they can slide in. So I'm already ahead of the game if they don't get in. Sorry to those guys. Well, it's going to take seven guys to WD for Ricky to get in. Isn't that insane? You Like winning the players is so huge. I believe it's five years that you pick up for it. Yeah, I guess it. it ran out. It's so hard to, to lose it. If you've won the players, you're that good that you should keep it. And he's out. Like, that's just crazy to me. Can't get your special sponsor's exemption here, Ricky. Sorry. Got to get in with the big boys. And he needs a lot to happen to get into this field. Doesn't look very like yeah, it. he needs to basically go food poison a bunch of people. It's like, like seventh at a, at, a, at a group dinner before like the, the Wednesday before. It's like, oh, eye dropper. Sorry. <laughs> Ricky's in the field. And then Ben can lose all of his money on Ricky. Yeah. But bogey avoidance was so huge last year uh, when you looked at the past 50 rounds coming in. I don't know why. It's not something I normally look at. But when the research came out, it was just like, huh, this one keeps popping up. This one keeps popping up. And maybe that is a testament to guys that keep it dry off the tee, keep it dry on their approaches, that they're just not making huge numbers. So the top 15 in that category right now over the past 24 rounds coming into play, not including Bay Hill numbers, which will completely blow this up for some guys because <laughs> Will Z is on this list. <laughs> and I think that he, and so is Seamus Power. But <sighs> Sung Jay is the best in the field at bogey avoidance. Then Rom. Mito is number three. Sam Burns, Keith Mitchell, Sergio, Zalatoris, Seamus Power, Shane Lowry, our guy Ben, Troy Merritt, Brian Harmon, Hideki, Hoagie, Hostler, Rory, and then you got like Leishman, Denny McCarthy, Alex Noren, Billy Horschel, Johnny Vegas, Brendan Todd. Those are like the, the back end of the top 20, top 25 in that number re with recent play coming in. I think I'm going to give particular weight to that. When I went through the modeling on the research show, I really went hard at that. And the only guy from the eights that appears on that list is going to be Sungjae at number one and then Will Zalatoris at 89. Yeah, the Sungjae one, like I said, I'm having a tough time with them. On my stats coming in, it shows great. And so when we get to Wednesday, who knows? All in, maybe we'll see. But I do love that stat for a reason you mentioned because think about like the 17th and just all the water in general. In courses like that, guys are just setting themselves up to be able to make the par. And that's what I always talk about. You know, even Willie Z is an example, more so like a Hideki or an Adam Scott, those types. People get so mad when they miss a four-footer. They forget the four-footers for birdie. Like, yeah, <laughs> they got it where they needed to. They gave themselves the opportunities. Making par is a pretty good score here chug along make the cut and then like a victor perez find your way through the cut line figure it out on the weekend and get to the end and that's what these types of guys do so i love that call using the bogey avoidance so ben the bottom part of this 8k range finau neiman im scott horschel lowry i'm guessing sung jay going to be very popular will people go back to neiman after the win and then blowing it at the honda classic on the friday i don't think so not in a, in a huge way just because you know, again, it's he wins, you know, finally blows up. Then he misses the cut. Does, you know, I'm playing here. I think people will just kind of be indifferent. Sunjay, uh, he rebounded nicely. Scott is always in form. Billy Ho, uh, he's another one that there is a chance that the narrative by the time we really get to building these is, is very strong. We know he's a Florida Gator. He seems to every year love this 
this swing and he's been very good so far. So I don't think that Neiman and Finau are going to garner a ton of interest. And I think that's probably warranted. I'm good with fading Horschel. He's never really played all that well at at Sawgrass for whatever reason. You'd think that he would based on everything you said. And this seems to be some of the best golf he's played coming into this event in ages. But I I think that he's he's one of the popular plays that I can get myself away from. And I've been riding him. I mean, I want him to win at Bay Hill. I have money on him to win at Bay Hill. That would be fantastic. Gunner up all the chalk and miss the cup by eight or something, Billy. That would be fantastic. I'm with you on Lowry, Tambo. And maybe Adam Scott? Like, I don't think I'm going to be hitting this range. I kind of like the upper sevens better. Yeah, I agree with you more, but I I do like the Scott call quite a bit. And I'd be happy to go off Billy for Scott if that's the play there, because we'll see what happens over the weekend. But the more Billy gets popular, and I liked him last week, but what I liked about Billy last week was that he was at 8,900, and we talked about with Fitzpatrick and Zalatoris above him. This is back to our roster construction theme where people just couldn't get there, but he was playing good, streaky golf. It showed out a little bit. If he continues that way, we'll see what happens with ownership here. But I like Scott, and I like Lowry. And if we like Lowry, shouldn't we like Brooks even more just above him? Thinking back to like that, open where Lowry fended him off and Brooks was like listen guys if you don't know about Lowry start to learn he's actually incredible and he has the full complete all-around game so I love Lowry right there at the bottom at 8,000. I know we haven't talked about the weather at all Ben but and that's something that we Tambo and I will hit on the Wednesday show once we're a lot closer but if you see that it's a clear forecast for four days will that change your roster construction and the type of guys that you use versus if two of the days are super windy? Oh, definitely. And even if I see one of those, I'll I'll predict. I work backwards on some lineups, and I'm just like, okay, the winner, I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be 20 under or better. And that brings in less bogey avoidance and more birdie or better percentage, more guys that can go really low, uh, that can really flag kind of whatnot. Then I'll build some teams. The winner's seven under. Can you get up and down? Can you avoid doubles or worse? Things like that. And if you build like that, you're going to generate wildly different teams. You know, the grinders, the Shane Lowry's, Versus like the Neemans to me who are pure scorers. I like that. Does watching Luke List miss four foot putts make you nauseous? Well, I got a solution. You got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. How it works is Relief Band stimulates the nerve in the wrist that travels to a part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. It's like the name says, it's legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give yourself relief from nausea and you change the intensity depending on how you're feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. I started wearing it and listen, it's been helping my hangovers in the morning, so that's what I can really go prove from my end of the situation. I my wife seems to be really enjoying it as well, so she feels much better in the morning too. Plus, the product is 100% drug-free, it's non-drowsy, provides all-natural, long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of the year, but right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code MAYO, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. That's the best offer you'll find for Relief Band anywhere. But you got to use my code. So head to R E 
L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code MAYO for 20% off plus free shipping. $7,000 range this week. There's a ton of guys in here. I think it's pretty obvious that Paul Casey is going to be like 40% owned here at (laughs) (laughs) $7,400. So great when you put a number like 40 on it, it just blows me away, but it's going to be high for sure. Is that just an auto? Fa- is that an auto fade? Why back? is he seventy four hundred? I I mean, no, it's not an auto. So I I think I'm gonna uh, leverage in some other spots. I I plan to play Paul Casey. Uh, if he's forty percent, that's a different conversation. But if he's you know in the mid twenties and very very popular, uh, I'm gonna look to get. He's just such a good price tag. You're basically asking him to to make the cut. The ball striking is there. Crowded range, though. There's a lot of good players here. A lot of them are Europeans as well. Uh, I was being facetious about the 40%, but I could see it being 25%. I mean, unless everyone just says, like, oh, that's too high. I'm not playing Paul Casey. So I guess we could play a game of chalk fade or free square with Paul Casey. Which one is it? Yeah, for me, just going back to it, it was what you brought up earlier with the optimal construction. He's obviously the first guy into it. So I look at that in single entry, high dollar, something like that, where he's going to pick up even more ownership steam and probably cross 30, to your point. Let's go, we'll lower it a little bit, but it's still in the 30 range in that high stakes stuff. I think that that's where he's the easiest one for me to move off of. To Ben's point, the price is wrong. It's just so bad. Why is he 7,400? We don't know, but we got to deal with the pricing we've been dealt. And at that point, I look at it like, is he going to kill me? Because I don't know if he's going to go, he's not going to go and do much. He, like people always say this and I don't disagree fully, but oh, he just needs to make the cut for me. No, if a bunch of 7,300 and $7,500 guys are even at the same price as him, go out and come top 20 and Paul Casey just makes the cut and finishes 46th. You're done. I'm done. So it, it's not just make the cut at that price. And this range is too strong and this field is too strong. So as of right now, to me, it's an easy fade, but I, I get why some would just choose to go overweight and be all in because the price is bad. He was fifth here a year ago and gained a bunch of strokes putting. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, as someone who has been watching him pretty closely, Bennett Bayhill, he is not gaining a bunch of strokes putting. No, yeah, I can confirm that as well. Uh, I mean, it's Paul Casey. I think we're, we all know what we're getting there. there. There's fantastic. There's no doubt tournament pivots are there. I mean, you've got Fleetwood, Sergio, Leishman. I mean, there's a million guys that I, I think are, are more than worthy at rolling the dice for a fraction of the ownership. Uh, in cash, it's a no-brainer for safety. It's, it's an optimal play, but when you're talking about tournaments, there's going to be very, very difficult decisions that have to be made here. Would you rather play Paul Casey at 25% or Sergio at 5 Because I know my answer. Yeah, I think my answer is the same as yours based on what I just said. But like Ben said, there's going to be pivots here no matter what. So I think that's one of them. But look at the names. This is not just your – this isn't normal week like last week where you're deciding between certain other guys yeah, that it, came it, off the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, this isn't Chris Kirk versus Cameron Young. Correct, yes. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. When you've got Fleetwood, Woodland, Sergio, Henley, Rose, Siwoo, Kim, your boy, coming back. Like all these guys in this range are very strong plays. So that's why I'm more comfortable with it than normal. But to Ben's point, in cash, something like that. And don't forget there is – ways to get different with Paul Casey you can use them and play the lineups differently and get your leverage up top with the Brysons and the DJs or something like that and do it a whole different way but I just prefer to find other angles in this range there's so many options Webb Simpson is $7,600 he has played once this year at the Sony Open in January we haven't seen him since is anyone going to use Webb Simpson I don't, I don't know. The, the thing I worry about the most is the WM Phoenix Open is, you know, prime course for him, obviously. Uh, you know, why did he not play there? 
Like that to me, it was a withdrawal late. Like what's going on exactly with Webb? I know last year, there, you know, his caddy came out, Paul Tesori said there was some stuff going on and, you know, he got it right and figured it out by the end of the year, but we haven't really seen that. We haven't seen him. So I think the ownership will be much lower and there's lots of other guys people can make a case for in this range. So I'll, I'll probably sprinkle some, to be honest. The year he won it was pretty convincing. When Webb is on his game, you've got some good upside there. And at that price, again, if we're going to get it with low ownership, I'd much prefer that over something like Casey at 30%. Yeah, looking back in the research show, Ben, I went through to try to find sleepers because most of the correlation courses with the sleepers, I think, are all the same. It's just the top end guys rarely play the events I was looking at. Sony Open, Wyndham, Heritage. I think you can find your 6K guys with people who predominantly play well. RSM is another one you can put into that mix. Webb is actually one of the top end guys who does play those courses. I think he's won at all of them except for RSM where he lost in a playoff to Tyler Duncan one year. So do you have blind faith in Webb, Ben? Can you just use him? Or is it just like, no, I, I haven't seen this guy in three months. He could be like 800 pounds overweight oh. for all I know. <laughs> yeah, he could be missing a limb. We don't know what's going on. I, I don't I don't play Webb normally. Uh, not about to start now. There's just too many guys. It's all an opportunity cost. Like, it, it's not that I think that there's no chance he could play well, but do I want to play? There's two or three guys north of him directly and about three or four guys directly under him in the pricing that I strongly prefer. I just won't have enough shares and you got to make stands. He's an easy cross off for me. Uh, looking at the strokes gain total from TPC Sawgrass over the past 12 rounds of everyone in the field, you have a lot of guys that really pop up in this range as the guys who end up doing really well. Jason Day is second in strokes gain total over that time. Webb is fourth. Answer is seventh. Another guy who dominates Pete Dye courses. Fleetwood is 10th. Connors is 11th. And then you have Fitzpatrick at number 19. Then you have guys who are like really bad at this course burns hatton leishman woodland henley have just not played well whatsoever here so i don't really know what to do in this range besides like sergio siwoo kind of pencil those guys in be on my way but other than that i mean cameron tringali zero percent of people want to play cameron tringali now yeah, after this week, especially. I did play him this week. It did not. It was going so smooth until it wasn't. <laughs> Completely fell off a quad bogey on day one and then rounded it out with a double to cap it off at a plus six day. Obviously didn't make the weekend, but you know, he's not a guy I like. I like a couple that you mentioned there, but then Matt Fitzpatrick last week, you know, this week, I should say, we, we're still talking here now during the API. People love him at 9,200. He didn't quite perform as well. You mentioned him there on the strokes gain total here. His stats line up coming in. We all liked him so much. The recent form is good. I think he's playing just fine. Could go to him. Abe answer. I wonder if, again, we haven't seen a lot of him lately, but in these stronger fields, I kind of like him to pull the Paul Casey on us. Usually they put them both at 7,900 and you have to make a choice. Now he's a little bit more. You can make the choice yourself and go away from Casey there. I like that one. And then Disney Day. He's back from Disney, right? He withdrew last year. No, week. his mom died. Oh, unfortunately, you're right. So, hate, hate to say that. Uh, sad, sad note there. I didn't mean it in that way, obviously, but just thinking in general, going back, we've made fun of Jason Day in the past, not to make light of any situation. Does have a great history here, though, Pat, to your point. And if you look at that and just go out and play him, him, Fleetwood, Sergio, three guys that people never seem to get, to seem to be too comfortable playing that all have, again, that long-term upside that I'm looking for. Not so much just what have you done for me lately? Ben, I'm out on Fleetwood. I'm not doing it. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, see, Tommy Fleetwood, he did make the cut at API, but he he didn't actually. It was just the cut line moved, so he accidentally got in. Um, I, I don't, do you think he's going to be popped? I mean, that, that's, no, for I, me, I'm going to kind of punt it. I don't, because with Casey okay. being right there, and then you also have to factor in, like, what could potentially happen at Bay Hill. Henley's in the mix at Bay Hill. 
Gooch is in the mix at Bay Hill. They're both in this range, too. If one of those two guys has a good finish, they're going to have inflated ownership just because of it. Although, looking back at last year, all the guys that did well at API really did well at this tournament, too. Westwood, Bryson, Connors, like, they were the top three at API, and they all played well at the players the next week. Yeah, the form coming in. And then I think you mentioned RSM earlier, and I believe that's where Taylor Gooch won. Yeah. Right? He got his W at, at the RSM. So uh, he's at 7,200. I know he's not normally the guy that you would expect to be the chalk guy of the week or anything, but if you if he finishes well here and he has that sort of narrative coming with him, I think he could get popular down below. And there's a lot of guys at 7,300. You mentioned Siwoo, but there's a bunch there as well. And then down below, there's plenty of guys from 7K to 7,200. Uh, I mean, outside of, I guess, Gooch is 7,200, Young is 7,200. People just like playing Cameron young every single week i really can't fault him for that he's really good he's a great player i know yeah. that he's a bomber but sometimes bombers have played really well at sawgrass because they can still take advantage of the power fives and basically do what bryson did last year it's like screw it i'm hitting five iron off of every tee I'm, I'm long enough to get there don't worry about it just make sure i'm not in the water that's a good strategy bryson is underrated at thinking through a golf course i don't think he gets any credit for that and i think he's probably the best guy out there right now in terms of really game planning of how to attack a course. He might not always be right at what he does, but we've even seen him have success at like Heritage, another one where you need to be very strategic off the tee. It's like, oh, I'm actually better off being in the left rough than the right fairway because I actually have an angle towards the hole. And I know that the rough isn't that detrimental. His US Open strategy of, I'm just going to hit it as far as possible. If everyone's going to be in the rough, I might as well be the closest guy to the hole and use my wedges instead of seven irons out of rough no one can get out of. And here last year, just really game planning around where to take the chance, but no Knowing where to lay up. It was a lot of restraint that I didn't, I should have expected it based on what I've seen out of him in the past, but he did a really good job of that. I'm going back to Seamus Power at $7,200, but you have List, Na, Power, and Tigala all back to back to back to back in the pricing. I think that they were a combined 78 over par this week. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, that, that's a, a tougher one to go to there. So uh, for me, a couple of things. You're selling me on Bryson, by the way, as we go along even more. Just thinking about his strategy, it's almost the the tiger effect. But the difference is all these guys are strategizing in some way. Bryson has actually been able to go out and execute on it. Now, back down to this range, a couple of guys you mentioned and others that I thought of. Ian Poulter seems to me like the cheaper Billy Horschel. Yeah. If you just want to go down and play him instead, he's in Florida. He's got the same you sort of You want to numbers. punch him in the face. Yeah, all of those factors come into play as well. So you, you've got Ian, Ian Poulter. Corey Connors, I'm not going to put him up there with like a Morikawa, but obviously ball striking is there. He's way cheaper. Hasn't been doing as much lately, but at 7,300, he stands out. I know you were going back to power, as you just mentioned. I got to go with you there. The one scary thing about Seamus Power, and I'll get your thoughts on this, just the tough courses is where he's had the challenges. It's been at like the birdie fests where he's come through, even though it looks like on the surface, he's got the complete game. It just does not seem to show out at these tougher fields and tougher tournaments. He hasn't really played in many of these, right. though, is the thing. And this is the first, I guess, Honda would be one, but he didn't play in the Honda, that this isn't a long course. So most of the like difficulty he's been having in these stronger fields have come at Riviera and Torrey Pines, places where like if you don't hit like a smackdown five iron from 230, like you're cooked. Yeah. But yeah. you need distance there, and his distance is fine, but it's not elite, and his long irons aren't elite. But he hits a bunch of fairways, and his irons have been good enough, and the putting has been good enough that this course, I don't think, will be as big of a problem for him. Okay. What What about your guy Luke List on the on that note? Because you brought up you know some stuff with the stats and things like that. There, your your guys you were playing against this week were using the optimal Luke List. I'm sure he's going to show up just as optimal at 7,200. Could you go to him this week, or, or where are you at with him? I'm yeah. I've been out on Luke List since the win, Ben. Okay. 
That's all I had to ask. I, I don't know. He shows up for me, so I kind of like that. And if he, and, you know, because he failed everybody this week, we get that little bit of flop lag opportunity. But if he failed everyone this week, is he really ready coming into this week? We'll have to wait and see. I, I really think list ownership, Ben, depends on what Gooch does. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Um, it's a weird, the low, low sevens that we're talking about, I don't see, I think there's a big drop off uh, after we get to Paul Casey, ironically. Like these are more flyers for me. And then there's one guy I do want to, I'm not even saying I like him, but when you mentioned the Wyndham and RSM and Heritage, I mean, Kisner was awful at API, but if there's one guy that checks all those boxes, 7,100 for a blind backing of Kisner. Whose putter had been rolling coming in to API. He has he was the guy who lost in the playoff to Ricky the year that Ricky yep. won in his yeah. first ever yep. appearance at this course. I can like Lonto will rate out really well and I like Lonto this week at 7000. I could see myself getting to Kisner as well. Like if we're talking last man in for teams at the $7000 range of people really don't want to go down into the sixes although go to the comment section tell me your favorite $6000 player. Smash the like and sub to the channel where you're there as well. But Kisner, Norin, Lonto are probably the three guys for me that I could see being the anchor of lineups. Hey, you're speaking my language. Let's again back to these real golfers. I love that one, Ben, actually, with Kisner. Uh, shorter course, sets up better for him. Bermuda putting, yeah. I like that. He just has the upside. And when people are making decisions down here between EVR, Westwood, Keith Mitchell, guys like that, and you can just play a guy like Kevin Kisner who has the moxie to go out here and get himself a top 10 or better at this price tag. Like you said, Pat, last guy in, could definitely go down and play him. And then I love your Noren call because just what he does. It's two years ago. I think it was last three and four years in the last four years where he had really good results here but he's playing much better golf right now and he's that grinder type that you just fit into your lineup as the last guy as well yeah i can't remember who won the year where do you remember ben it was like the final groupings were like louie jb holmes kyle stanley norin i i for the life of me i think rory may have come back and won that year like vegas came in third I, somehow oh the vegas the one where eddie uh Pepperell was up there. Yeah. Yeah, they were hitting the bombs on 17, yeah. like back-to-back. -back that was... I, forget, uh, I think that was Roy's year, wasn't it? I think that was, yeah. yeah Furek came in second. But yeah, there was one year where, they, like, everything got really dicey uh, in terms of the weather, and guys just folded <laughs> when yeah. it came to Sunday. Yeah. What fucking year was yeah, that? That's, that's where, going back, I know I kind of already made this point. That's where I think it's really important to work backwards. Like, you guys were talking about Seamus. If I know the winner or I think the winner might be 20 plus under, I'm really comfortable getting to him. If it's going to be brutal, I think he's a pretty easy cross off. And we just don't know. We've seen variations of this course in all different weather and all different conditions. So I think that's where it comes. Like when you're evaluating, like, do I play Norin or do I play Seamus? Well, you, you got to have to envision how difficult it's going to be set up. Looking through the past 50 rounds in terms of the key stats that I used, uh, Russell Knox is 31st. Tom Hoagie is actually 29th. That's not bad. The Gooch is 17th. Seamus Power is 20th. Kevin Na and Luke List are 25 and 26. So List, he's just going to pop up. And the closer like you shrink the time frame, the better Luke List is going to look. I know Na's been terrible. But on paper, this should be a good course for him. Should be. 
I, I'm usually a not truther. I talk about it all the time. It's just the range is so stacked. All I think about Nah here is like the fist bump on the walk-in putt with Tiger on 70. That's the memories at the players that I have of Kevin Nah. So it's not really that exciting or anything else I could get behind. I would probably try on Luke List after burning everyone last week and just how good he's been uh, coming off the win recently enough that at least we could say that he might still be able to find it here. And he just blew it on uh, on Friday this week. So, you know, I'm not too worried about that. So I'd rather go to him at sort of the same ranking. So we talked through Casey. We talked through Webb. Uh, is there anyone we didn't hit on here, Ben, that you think really deserves a mention of? Uh, a guy that you probably need to play? Because I'm far more interested in the lower sevens than I am in the upper sevens and trying to jam in as many top guys as possible with these guys. I don't think you need to play him, but I'm not deterred by a guy like Ty Hatton's course history. I think that there's nothing in Sawgrass that should cause him long-term problems. Uh and if anything, I kind of like that he hasn't done anything here because I think that he can. So uh, if I land on him, I'm more than comfortable. I think I'd rather use answer and I got to make my decision on Webb. I think it'll be answer for sure. And then one of Burns, Fitzpatrick and Webb Simpson, not Webb, yeah, and Webb Simpson, if if I can get there. That's what, you know, the one guy we didn't mention is Homa. Yeah. You want to play Homa? Not really, but if he does win, remember I'm the one that mentioned it first. Uh, <laughs> but no, I don't think I'm going to get there. Henley is only 74. Dear God. The the Optimals will love some Russell Henley. With Casey at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that that's true. People are going to have multiples in the 7K range. We know that no matter what your build is, you're going to have at least two guys in this range probably. So I could see that happening again. Like I said, I'm, I'm with you originally. I like the Sergio play. Fits the mold. And this is where I love what Ben does. He talks about this all the time. And you mentioned off the top about the skill set lineups. He's talking about it now as the score set. Like, what, what's the scoring going to be like? I like the build. Like, who are the same guys? Sergio, Casey, Scott, Henley. Like, you could put all those guys together. And that's how you get different with Casey while still playing him. Because you're matching everything else up with it. And a guy like Sergio is going to be a pivot to most. Versus you or I could just say, let's put them together and switch it up that way. And get unique in a different sense. I think you're going to see a lot of lineups with two of Casey, Henley, and Gooch in them. A lot. Especially if Gooch ends well. Like you said, there's too many stories and good narratives you can put around stats, models, optimals, results, past history for Gooch to be able to plug them in there at 7,200 and have people just put blind trust. But I think all I know, I mean, Keith Mitchell is 7,100 as much as like we kind of bag on Keith Mitchell because he's been chalk and he's been overpriced. I don't think that he's going to be popular for this specific event, weirdly. Yeah, pro- probably not. But I mean, the last these people have been playing him. Guys like him, Chris Kirk, that won't be pop- maybe won't be popular here, but have been popular lately. I could see that being a situation where people still get back to them some. Man, Hoagie's numbers are just jumping off the page right now. I, I don't know. I don't think I can do it, Ben. No, I. I mean, I'd never, I never get there, but. I mean, listen, I get it. The guy's showing serious wear. And to his credit, you know, I always bash his around the green for obvious reasons. He's starting to get it where it's just bad and not god-awful, um, like Grio. So it's like, maybe it's coming together a little bit. I still would rather play by a lot Norin or Lanto or Kirk. Uh, so I'm not going to get to him. I think I'm going to take Kirk out and I'm going to put Hoagie in just based off the numbers right now. I, th- I think if you just put gun to my head, Kirk's probably a better play, but I doubt very many people are going to use Hoagie. He was six over Thursday at Bay Hill, but then followed it up with a three under, actually snuck through through the weekend. So, And these would be the type of events where I think I would prefer to have him. 
Like a shorter course. Yeah. Like you said, no denying the numbers pop off the page. This is where I do take some more stands. And I just, I loved your Noren call that you had. That's where I was already at and marked up here. I'll just get more overweight on a guy like him and then spread it out. I actually am bringing in, again, it's only uh, Saturday for us, but I'm bringing in Kisner for sure. I just love that call. I think it makes so much sense here when you think about it. And nobody's going to go there at 7,100 with all these other guys we've mentioned. $6,000 range. If you want to get uh, a bit aggressive, at the top end, two 10K guys, an 8K guy, you're going to have to venture down. Even the lineup that I built at the beginning of the show, uh, starting with Cam Smith and then Scheffler and then Berger and then Louie, you have two players left for 6900 bucks. And you can go to the top end of this. You can go to the bottom end of this. Ben, we'll start with you. The three that I'm looking at from the top end, I have stars next to the Todd father, Brennan Todd, 6800 bucks. Mito at $6,700. It's a good price for Mito, who's been like 82 85 recently. And Andrew Putnam at $6,700. I'm not really sold on Putnam. I just have him highlighted right now. It's probably him or our guy, Merritt. I definitely can uh, be convinced with Merritt. I have a guy starred that I thought you were going to mention because it's not my guy. It's your guy, winner of the RSM in the past. What about Mackenzie Hughes? Oh, I don't know, man. <sighs> if we're not playing Spieth, can we, can we feasibly play Mackenzie Hughes? I mean, he's got... <sighs> He's got equal amounts of magic beans, and he's a lot cheaper. Uh, the guy I really like, I'll just throw it out there right now. He's a little cheaper. I played him this week. Bo Hostler is quietly getting it together. Um, I know it's been been bad in the past here, but I don't even think that's you can look at that data because he was just awful everywhere. I know it's not going to look great from a stats perspective. He's a little erratic, but I think that Bo Hostler mid-6K uh, – worth a flyer or two for sure he needs the putter to show up because the driving hey i mean just watching yes. him in that final round at pebble when i think he found every fairway bunker on the front nine uh, at least it was the, they were the fairway bunkers in the middle of the fairway yeah. at pebble beach that's always good he news. works out of it though he does like, he, like, he gets he, himself in and out of trouble hey he, he popped up on that bogey avoidance list I, it's because he drained so many putts though yeah tremendous pressure on his putter i mean denny mccarthy's the same way Wise is 66. I'm just saying. I'll let Tambo take the reins if he wants to talk about Wise. But, uh, you know, he's, yeah. he's here. I think he's still playing at API, doing his thing. And Wise has been so polarizing lately, right? And so when we yes. all played him as chalk, he burned us. And we all still go back to him as chalk, he burns us. And then he, you get off him and he makes a cut all of a sudden. And so this is just tough for people to get right. So I do think the ownership will be a bit lower. I was surprised a couple things here. Neither of you yet, at least, have mentioned Bryant Harmon right at the top. I'm sure he gets some love, but he's got himself a really great history here. Solid here last year. Fits the mold. Again, you mentioned Ben Kisner there. If, if Harmon starts picking up all yep. the ownership, I, I love the Kisner play even more. Just ending out there instead with most dropping down but then there's Keegan Bradley cut maker with some upside has been coming around a little bit lately we know what you need with him but he has the upside to get a top 30 here he's done it and then Pat I'll save this one for you he mentioned Hughes I think there's another Canadian down at the bottom that you could go to and like Hostler you got to find the putter he usually does which Hostler does but so does this guy who's your guy down here at 6500 Hadwin Hadwin generally makes cuts at this tournament. He's gained strokes putting in each of his past five trips to Sawgrass. The, and the putter's been his real problem so far this year. The irons have started to come back to life. He's still hitting every single fairway. He's sort of like, he's basically morphed into Brennan Todd. Yeah. But in solid history, four or five made cuts, 29th last year, getting it, getting it together. Like you said, I like that at that price tag where there's can be, a, you know, make a cut. Sure. To my point earlier, that's not good enough, but make a cut and get me a top 30. That's great at this price. And, yeah. At that price too. Like it's different if Paul Casey makes the cut, Ben, at $7,400 and comes 56th. 
the the cost of his price point versus what you could have taken in that range, you know, it's going to be highly detrimental to the rest of your lineups. If you take Hadwin at 6,500 and he comes T38, that's probably going to help you no matter what happens because you've jammed in better players to begin with. And no one's going to make rhyme or reason from the $6,500 anyway. It's not like, oh, Sergio won and the move was don't play Casey. You should have played Sergio. That was the difference in you winning. It's not like it's, I mean, it, it very well could be, but... It's not like, oh, I played Adam Hadwin and Charles Schwartzel won. Yeah, baby. That's right. Uh, No, it's true. I mean, the pivots that you're competing against, it's going to be missed cuts, ugly performances. There's just not that many options. So if you get Hadwin to the weekend, there's not going to be that many other players that even fit that mold, never mind have a top finish. So uh, I'm going to look at him. It's someone, to be honest, I wasn't – I. I just never get to Hadwin, but there are some names up and down, and that just goes all the way back to the top. You can absolutely be aggressive because there are names even in the in the lower six Ks that I think you could get to if you're in a jam. JT Postum, play him here every single year. He's yeah. never finished yeah. anything but twenty second in this tournament in his two appearances. Back to back, Wyndham, Ben, your yep. boys here, Lahiri, same price as JT Postum. If how, he picks up, how speed. is Lahiri in this field and Ricky isn't? <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, Lahiri made the cut at API. Did he like? Did I didn't know he was in the tournament until I looked this morning. But yeah. that's irregardless. Lahiri's doing some things. I gotta ask, what about Peters? Oh man, he 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 made a par saving or par saving putt on the thirty sixth hole, number eighteen from like fifteen feet to make the cut at Bay Hill, and it was like I can't believe he did this. It was just like the uh, the Sergio to cash all of the lineups on sixteen on day one. He made horrendous chip from like a foot off the green <laughs> to put that. it like. 13 feet past the hole. But then he made the 13-footer. Like, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, then I just assumed Sam Burns was going to miss the two-footer to screw it up for me. But he didn't. It, it just, it cashed for everyone. But uh, posting at 61 is a play to me. Hayden Buckley might be a play, too, at 6000 bucks. Like, he's either going to be 38 over par or be in contention, it seems. Yeah, what about Pendrith? I'm not a big Buckley guy. I get it. It makes sense and at the price tag. But, you know, the couple of the plays standing out will make some decisions by Wednesday, I'm sure. But the Peters one that was just brought up by Ben, he actually, I liked him coming into round three showdown. I'm not sure he's what he's done today, but the numbers didn't look too bad after round two. And then you just mentioned it there. This range has a few other guys. So, I don't know. My, my question was going to be around, um, you know, Sam Ryder, Peters, guys like that in this range. And then Taylor Pendrith, Pat, he's another Canadian. People just take him as a bomber. We've said this all the time. He is a bomber. He, which he is. But then this week you look at it and we just talked about it again with a guy like Hadwin. If he does this, probably is needed. If he comes through and makes the cut, Pendrith does score a little bit more. And this week was no different. He's not crushing on the leaderboard, but he's crushing for DraftKings scoring, which is important to win these tournaments, of course. And with four par fives and a drivable par four, Ben, that can really come into play. Like, could he have a Johnny Vegas route to a top five. I mean, again, I think this is where you're going to balance, you know, your bogey avoidance. I wouldn't expect him to be on that type of list, but <laughs> scoring the guy is a dangerous scorer. Uh, it's a weird range though. Peters, Sam Ryder. It's a lot easier to play when you start with either a hole in one or a hole out Eagle every single round. That guy is <laughs> insane with that. And then JJ spawn is there. I'm not saying I'm going to play him, but, he quietly is putting together a nice little Florida swing. I wanted to go to the Reaper after he was in one of the few final groups this tournament last year, but poor Doug Gim has got it going in a bad way right now. Not only is he averaging like three strokes lost putting per per tournament, he's not ball striking at all anymore either. At least you can count on that. 
That would be his jam. It's like, all right, he's going to gain off the tee. He's gonna, his irons are going to be dialed in, and he's going to be that guy that misses every four-foot putt for birdie. But it's okay. He can scrape through to the weekend. I just think the game's in a bad spot right now. I don't love it personally. I think, again, there's other guys. A couple we didn't mention down here was uh, Lucas Glover, and no, we, we just no, talked about no, Johnny Vegas. No, Johnny no, Vegas no, is no, in this no, range no, as well. No, 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 no. Every time I play him, he's legit 30 over par. <laughs> it's not going to be <laughs> fun here to play him then because that's very likely that it could happen. I think, you know, in the end, though, what we're talking about is just down here. We mentioned some strategy stuff earlier. So just, I, you got to take the stands down here. I don't want, you know, if everyone out there thinks they're going to play all their lineups this week and, oh, I'll do a couple Adam Hadwins because Pat and Tambo said that's a good play. That, to me, is not the way to go about it because you end up with him in a, your Kawa lineup and your Rom lineup and you're done and it ends up being something totally different happens. I want to get enough of the guys I'm playing down here to make it work if they do come through for me that I have outs yeah this is always a point of contention and we try to talk about it on the live show and I don't think there's really a good answer to it Ben of do you go more spread out at the bottom or at the top so I think that the key with that is that at the bottom you don't need a lot of allocation to get a a healthy exposure to these guys like there is no one in the mid to lower sixes where it's like oh I'm gonna play 10 percent and I'm going to be under the field. Like, you don't need to go crazy. But up top, like with Morikawa, you really like him. If you play 25% Morikawa, that's not going to be a a stand that's really worthwhile. You need to pump it up a little if you're really confident. So I think at the top, I'm always a little more concentrated. Uh, There's less choices, so it kind of works out. I'm more at the players. Uh, I'm going to spray and pray a little bit in the sixes. Okay. I think I'm going to try to do the same thing. But I don't know how many lineups I want to end in the sixes, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I went back. You don't have to. I went and looked at that, like, TPC Sawgrass only past 12 rounds. I think that could really help here. Using those correlated courses, I think, can really help. So here are the guys that pop up uh, in terms of strokes gain total or T to green in the 6K range. You mentioned Keegan Bradley. He is fifth in strokes gain total at this course and fifth T to green over the past 12 rounds. It's pretty good. Harmon is 20th total. A lot of his is putting though he's really good off the tee here and he dominates with his putter ben your guy grio 12th in strokes gain total at this course thank you god uh (laughs) i don't know man he's (laughs) there's been some issues severe problems but he was okay at genesis I almost brought up Kucher. Is he on any of your lists? I did the deep dive into him when I did the research show because I th- initially had exactly the same thought. Former players champion, but he's just a bad. That's my note. Yeah, Winner way back bad. when, nothing to talk about now. Yeah, w- 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 winner 35 years ago at this course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think we get a Phil run in at some point? Like he just, he puts on a fake mustache and calls himself Mito Mickelson or something <laughs> like that? I shouldn't comment on any late happenings any further on the show, but yeah, I don't think Phil is going to pop up here. Joel Damon, 17th strokes gain total, 8th tee to green, 7th in ball striking over the past 12 rounds at Sawgrass. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be you're going to be taking a chance doing it. It's like you just said with Glover and those guys. It seems like every time I play him, it's like, oh, he should do well. He won on a coastal course. And, 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 I, and I do the opposite. Every time I play Damon, I feel like it works out. Like he's one of my guys <laughs> no, that, that comes through for me. Yeah, play him. I, I liked your Mito call earlier if we were talking about something, you know, sort of in that situation. Everyone wants to play him. I know the fields are way worse in strength, but people want to run to play him at 75 or 8,200. Now he's much further down the board at 67. I could go down there. Munoz is down there. People wanted to play him this week week here he is again down at the cheaper price tag again there, there's a bunch of names you could make a case for but probably have it more dialed in when we talk on wednesday on the live show chat 6600 ben dial on hot fire fratelli 28th in strokes gain total at sawgrass 14th tee to green in his one appearance here i mean 
he's he's the most dangerous player like there is random number he the south africans man uh they're all clones of louis they're just out of control higo is also there i'd rather oh, play for telly but i'd rather play wise than all these dudes higo really oh, bad. It, it, listen it, it's not going to end up impacting me at bay hill because i played enough lineups that you know it, it wasn't 100 percent higo but he was so bad it was, so was bad good. no this ain't the Canary Islands. It's a little harder. Over hey, he, here, won, but... he won. He won the He won on the PGA Tour last year. Yeah, amateur hour. Now, hey, listen. The thing about Higo is he's so young. He's in this like we just don't know. He could be a superstar, or he could be like. Remember when that guy won that event and we never heard from him again? I, you just don't know. I think uh, more of a wait and see. Even though he's got crazy talent. Yeah, JT posting 16th in strokes gained total over the past 12 rounds at Sawgrass. 51st tee to green, but 7th in putting. Uh, he does that. And I that, feel that like that's, that's his game plan. Yeah, and, and that I, I don't think it's for any different reason. I think if you see what he's been doing lately, it hasn't been horrible. Like, we've been using him and getting some output from him. I don't think he's coming in in poor form, if you will. So I, I can go there for sure. And I don't think as many will, just because he has that history. What's he going to be, 5%, 6%? No, he'll be like 1%. If that, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So you can get away with it and just start jamming guys in. I don't hate that. Top 10 in putting at Sawgrass over the past 12 rounds. So basically the last three, four years, depending on if you missed a cut or not. Webb, Denny, Horschel, Mac Hughes, Tom Hoagie. Brooks is number six, posting seven, like I mentioned. Hadley, Hickok, Bryson, Cam Smith, Fitzpatrick, Adam Scott, Johnny Vegas. It probably all came on that one hole. Yeah, that 117th bomb. It was like, now he was almost off on the woods standing there and had to go up and around. That was a crazy putt. Um, you know, Bryson stands out to me there again, going back to it. I was just surprised to hear that. Normally, you're not hearing about Bryson being the better putter. You mentioned Brooks. That's awesome. Hughes, to Raza's point, came up again. He does have those magic beans. Like some of those names, that's, you know, go overlooked because people think that's all it is. But if they can do that here, that can make a big difference. And Vegas is another guy in that upper 6K range that you could just play and last guy and get away with it. Would you put any merit into these, Ben? The putting stats? I know putting can kind of come and go. Bad guys can be good. Good guys can be bad on any given round. But if we have this sample of 12 rounds at this specific course since it moved to March, that's how I've isolated it, that you see guys like Piercy. I mean, Piercy and Stanley are god-awful putters anyway, but like Woodland is down there. Chris Kirk, 120th in this field. Mav McNeely, 119th in this field. Leishman, Putman, two guys that you would expect to be pretty good. Homa, Xander are all outside the top 100 in strokes game putting at this course over the past 12 rounds. So I'm not going to, if I like a guy and he's down there, it's not going to deter me, but if it's close and, it, and with the players championship, as we've all been talking about, you have reasonable pivots at every price point. It will matter. So if I have a guy and I'm pretty close between two and one of them seemingly struggles, I think there is something to those greens. Uh, and, and then on the flip side, you know, I've, somehow forced myself to start playing guys like Denny McCarthy a little. And it's been actually nice because they it's like, oh, he's got 22 feet. And you're just like, oh, sweet. Uh, I'm about to streak. Like, I don't have to worry about the six putt. Like, it's just a different type of golf with some of these guys. Of course, it's putting. It's high variance. We all know that. But some of them have proven track records that they really do excel on these conditions. I think I'll get to Denny. Yeah, I've been playing him. It's great. It's a whole new outlook on my life. It's good stuff. 
the excitement is just so much for me. He's like, oh, a 22 footer, sweet. You're like, you know, <laughs> this is amazing. You're never like, saying I'm that more... about anybody halftime. And for me, it's like six feet, damn. No, and, well, it all depends on who you roster, right. I think is what Ben is getting. Yep. It, it's like when we play at those tournaments like Mayakoba and there is no shot tracker, <laughs> yeah. or on the alternate courses at Pebble Beach, and you look at the shot tracker, it's like, oh, shot one to fairway. Well, this is a birdie. Yeah. Or shot one to rough. Yeah. Like, this is a bogey. It's not how it works. Oh, yeah. gosh. And then she says, green, shot from the green, shot from the green shot from the green shot in the hole and you're just like what did this guy do um you don't have to worry about that with guys like denny mccarthy we should point out that the coverage for the players is the best of any tournament all year you can get live feeds whether you have espn plus or whether you have golf tv internationally like we do up here that like well i'm we might do the cut sweat show on friday if you want to come over tambo we're gonna have the eight screens inside i was inside. just gonna say that e- each of them on. will have their own featured group we'll have a 17 stream we'll have the main feed yeah this is the reason why i have all these tvs so we can do i wish every tournament was like this but the players really does do it well yeah it's incredible and i was just gonna say that before you brought up you got the you got the right spot for it because all those tvs are going to be needed and we're going to be loving it it's gonna be a great cut sweat seems like even yesterday i know people were commenting on twitter about the espn plus stuff ben knows and can get access to it but just that they are actually taking it into consideration. Baby steps, right? A little bit in the right direction. We'll take it, but we'll have the access to that here as well. Raz, are you ready to play the best plays? I am ready to build the best plays lineup. So essentially, we are going to try to build what we perceive to be, quote unquote, the best lineup, a.k.a. if a guy is taking a dump two minutes before this starts, who are the six guys that he's throwing in a lineup? Who are the most obvious plays of the week? Is Casey the first man in? Yes. Okay. Yes. So Casey's in. Casey's in this lineup, $7,400. Who else do you think fits that mold? Because at the top, it could be Rory. It could be Vic. It could be Rom. Like, that's not an easy selection. In the nines, it could be no one. In the eights, it's kind of tough. Like, Casey is just... I think that if Gooch ends up playing well, Gooch is going to be another guy in this. Yeah, I thought I was going to say Burger if we're talking 8K range. Okay, yeah, I was going to say Burger as so, well. So Burger's in. 8,800 Burger. I do like the Gooch call. If Ben wants to go against it, he can. I just think it's already, like, there's going to be enough to talk about there with him where people are comfortable with it. He's a cut maker, decent here. Like, there's just everything lines up. So if you plug him in, you still have almost 9,000 for your last three spots. He has the, he has the mix of good history here last year with good form coming in yeah. in the tournament everyone just watched it against a good field so i feel like that's it all depends on how he finishes up obviously like i see chris kirk is just moving up the leaderboard he's in like sixth place now oh. at api so oh, nice all of a sudden I like to hear that all of a sudden oh. all of a sudden that's just going to shift a ton of ownership to kirk that may have went to gooch if you know what i mean so yeah. it's, it's tough to parse that out right now so those are the two obvious guys right off the top burger and casey anyone else who's obvious I think that you can make the case that a lot of people are going to look to the sixes and say, okay, there's some names, but man, I want to end at 72. Like you, it's going to be a really comfortable build for people to land on ending their teams with Gooch. And I think that's why he probably should be in this. So Gooch or Kirk at 7,000 to get that extra savings. Let, yeah. Let's build it with Gooch and then see what it lands on. At the end, if we think the 200 is make or break, we could say there's your, your Kirk play. Yeah. We're going to commit, but we know that's possible based on how this tournament ends out. All right. So we'll leave that as the swing spot of 7,200. If we need the extra 200, we can get there. $8,700 remaining for our three guys. Who is the stud you think most people go to? Is it Hovland because of the pricing? I don't know, Ben. Do you think Hovland, Decky? If he wins... Yeah, if Hovland wins. I think if Hovland wins, it's definitely Hovland. We don't know that, of course, but 
the lowest of the tens as the winner of API, I think will overtake Rory, who would be my other answer here. So let's just throw Rory in. I was going to say, let's do that. Because one thing I don't foresee, no matter what happens here, even if Hovland wins this tournament and will be popular, yes. Do you? Would you foresee a lot of Hovland starting point lineups when you've got Rom, Rory, Kawa, JT, guys above? It's still tough to see. I think a lot of people watch that first round on Thursday. Like, even watching SportsCenter up here, it was just like, Rory's back! And, yeah. like, most people won't even know how he ended up finishing at the tournament. Whether he wins or comes 20th or something yeah. like that. It's just like, oh, I saw Rory. Rory was on. Let's use Rory. I agree. I, and that's why I think that makes more sense, starting with him. So, Rory, Berger, Casey, Gooch. That leaves us 7,900 for two spots, Ben. 7,900 for two spots. All right. I'm looking at... I have clicked in... I, I don't know if we need to do this, but do you think that people will see Billy Ho's recent form here, know he's a Florida guy, and say, okay, at 81, and he gives you access to a ton of guys? <laughs> or, or do you think it's more Sunjay? If you use someone in those low eights, then you're into the upper sevens. You could theoretically yeah, could do like Fitzy yeah. answer. Well, I, I think you could also do, I mean, if we talked about Gooch and we talked about Kirk, what if you use Gooch and Kirk? And now you have 8,800 and use Louie. That's the build. Okay. Because the okay. alternative, just so to chime in, because I was I was where Ben was at, when you do the play there with Billy Ho, it lands you on like Fitzpatrick, answer those guys. And no one, they don't seem to be super popular, right? They're, they're not going to be. And even if you took Gooch down to Kirk, it was only to go up a little bit. It's not like you were going to get that much more out of the play. So yeah, I, I do think that's a way you could go. And, and I think your way, Pat, makes more sense. That's yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to submit this lineup. So the lineup right now, unless we want to make any tweaks to it, is going to be Rory at the top, Burger, Louie. Those are the big three. And then it's in with Casey, Kirk, and Gooch. Yeah, and it leaves 100 bucks on the table. That's the key. Making sure we got just that little extra there. Well, so I mean, play, play the best play lineup guy. Doesn't like leaving $100 on the table. That, that is true. They try and find that <laughs> upgrade. Cuss, Cuss tried to talk me through this one time because I told him that he built this lineup. He's like, I really like this lineup. He's like, but it has $300 left. He's like, I didn't use all my money. I was like, Ugh. you know you're allowed to enter a lineup that doesn't use all the money. You he's don't like, get it back. Yeah, he's like, well, I, I, I want to use all my money. They're giving me all this money. I better use it. Yeah, I that's cost me a lot in the past. Where you do that, you know, on like a high dollar hand build. Where you, oh, if I just do this, I may as well go up. This week, people did it with Paul Casey. Oh, I don't want to play the Paul Casey chalk. Let me play. Let me play Kokrak. Yeah, how's Kokrak's week going now? You know, hey, he made me, the cut. Made the cut, but I'm thinking Yo, it's, it was what? a pretty bad morning from when I stepped into the studio today. But <laughs> and just of note for me, I don't want to split it with all you guys, so I'm switching Kirk to Kisner in my best plays lineup because Ben sold me on Kevin Kisner. But that's very interesting, though, Ben, when you talk about reverse engineering the lineups that yep. hey if this is going to be a common build the one that we just laid out maybe it won't be i think it will be though is what are the tweaks you would then make to this to make it like your own lineup because obviously if we're playing the best plays these are the six best plays in the side inside the salary cap that we can kind of find obviously you don't want to fade all of these guys right no absolutely not that's something that i i, I think gets overblown where it's like oh i gotta I have to do six of something. Like, I, I want to be aggressive. I need six low-owned plays. You absolutely do not, and you shouldn't. You need six plays that work together. So, like, what I just did, you know, I'm just playing around right now. I just threw out – I took out Gooch, and I took out Kirk, and I bumped down to Wise, and then I went up to a guy like Mark Leishman. And, like, now I've leveraged the lineup plenty, and I've only 2v2'd it. Uh, there's a million permutations you can make, and I've kept the core intact because I think at the surface we'd all agree – 
there's a reason guys are really popular. It's because they're playing good. They're in good spots. So you don't want to just totally ignore those guys. You just want to find small tweaks uh, like Kirk to Kisner. I think it's the perfect example. Kirk, I think, has a much better chance to make the cut. I think Kisner has a much better chance at much lower ownership to really smash uh, and make the difference. Yeah, you can even do something like take out Kirk and play Joel Damon and move Berger up to Scheffler if you wanted to. Exactly. I've got the leverage. nuts. Oh, you got the nuts? I let's always hear, find let's, the let's, nuts. Oh, let's, wow. hear, let's hear the nuts. The two most obvious. The guy up top who's going to be the most volatile is Rory because all the studs are around him, so you take him out. The potential worst chalk play of the slate in large field, Paul Casey. You remove those two, it's Morikawa and your choice of Webb Simpson or Abe Answer. Boom. You've got it. No one wants to go back to Webb. Cow will be lower owned Ooh. than Rory. You get rid of the two potentially most volatile plays in the current lineup. The rest all fit and work, and hopefully they make the cut and come through. Done. I like that. Yeah. I would play answer instead of Webb. I think I would too. I'm looking at it. But you know what's <laughs> funny is there's actually, I just didn't hop onto DraftKings yet for this. I got the pricing and downloaded it. It's the out. They've got by him and yeah. the unfortunate Jason Day comment earlier. I apologize and, and, again, but they and, have the out by Bryson, him and Bryson's way. out. And they, they do and have Bryson. that. Like that makes people, you know how that that works in football. And Ben, you too, the Q tag all week when we know yep. he's playing. The guy is playing. We know it. Still has lower ownership. So Webb is interesting. It's 7,600 down here. Again, Hope he pops up and does his thing. It's risky, but you can play it with answer as well. All right. I think that'll do it for the Pat Mayo experience for the Players' Championship. DraftKings Millionaire Maker Preview. Once again, go to fanteam.com. Use code MMN for Mayo Media Network. Uh, it's a $25 season-long tournament. Go play in that. I'm going to go play in that. I'm going to try to sell these guys on playing in it as well. I hope I sold you on playing in it. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, it runs through the Wyndham Championship. Just a different way. It's almost like the one and done, where it's just something different uh, to both talk about, to play in, just to use your mental exercises on who do I need to pick this week? Who do I want to draft now that I want to use a little bit later to have a part of my 10-man team? So you can go read all the rules. Fanteam.com. Use code MMN. Play in that tournament. They will give you a free ticket into the Players' Championship DFS tournament they have running as well. But there's 25,000 euro at the top for this season-long competition. We can shit-talk each other about it too. So that's going to be fine. Ben, what's on the go at awesomeo.com this week? Yeah, obviously a great golf week. I couldn't be more excited. We'll have shows throughout the week. And if you're looking to get those tools, you're looking to join the community with Alex, me, and everyone there, awesomeo.com slash join. Even if you want to come in just for the week, we would love to have you. So just a really fun golf week for the whole community. Smash the like. Give me your favorite 6K guys in the description. Sub to Mayo Media Network, where you can find Tambo with me on Wednesday and the Run Pure Sports team doing showdown content Thursday night and Friday night. Yeah, it was great this week. The Thursday night show I was on went really well. We had some of the guys. We had Big Hovland in there. He had out. We had Horschel. Came out strong. But we got a lot going on there as well. RunPureSports.com. You can you can use promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. Get yourself 50% off the first month. And then follow me on Twitter, at Toteg and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions. I believe I will have something like $2,000 to give away throughout the course of the week in terms of tickets into things and whatever. So you want to follow me at the PME. That's where you can find all of that. And I will make sure to drop those in the newsletter as well so sign up for that uh you can hit the link down in the description you can find the listeners league link down in the description as well let's fill that up as soon as possible but if you want to give them the cash giveaway rate and review the pat mayo experience audio podcast on apple Podcasts or spotify rate of five stars something you enjoy about the show and then your twitter handle or email address so i can draw a winner we'll be doing that on wednesday show that i do live with tambo we finalize all of our picks for the week and take all of your questions thank you all for watching my cheat sheet will be up on DK Nation on Monday. If you're looking for it, 
And I'll see you next time. Family experience! Experience!